are listening to the Devil's Talking Potters podcast for East Village Times. Coming to you from the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication, here are your hosts, Dominic Stern and Bobby Murphy. Welcome to Devil's Talking Padres. Dominic Stern here alongside with me is Bobby Murphy and the Padres just dropped a three-game set to the Chicago Cubs after they won the first game. Nine to four, they scored two more runs in the last two games. Pretty ugly series from the Padres offensively. Even in the first game, they didn't even look good on offense. It was more of just the Cubs pitcher just not being good. Frustrating, but the Padres' 20 games and 20-day stretch is now over, and hopefully the Padres can relax a little bit on their off day on Thursday. Bobby, what were your thoughts on this past series? I mean, obviously very disappointing uh, losing two out of three. The bats were just – I mean, other than game one, the bats were totally off. After game one on Monday, I mean, a lot of people thought that the bats finally would have woken up for the series, uh, but they just really struggled the rest of the series. Uh, it was pretty hard to watch. Uh and I mean, finally, the we get an off day after 20 days, but last 17 games, we're averaging four runs a game, hitting 204 as a team. It's just been really, really disappointing to watch, really hard to watch, and the, it's just the best need to pick it up. They do. They need to find something on that flight across the country as they travel to New York. So, I mean, it's an off day, but it's not a fun off day going across the country. So, uh, shout out to the people who made the Padres schedule, you guys. You guys are killing our team, and that's not fun. But the Padres, there's still 10 games over 500, so you won't hear me complaining too much. Let's talk about each game individually. In game one, the Padres won 9-4. to I was in attendance for this game. It's the only game they won the series. Are we surprised? No. Um, but it, it was a really weird game because the Padres, they jumped out to a 4 nothing lead in the third inning after they scored in each of the first three innings. Super impressive performance from the Padres in that aspect, but they didn't get a single hit with a runner in scoring position that drive in any of those runs. It was just really weird. And then Ryan Weathers comes out to the top of the fourth, and he allows three runs, almost surrendering the lead, but the Padres were able to get two of them back in the sixth inning, and then they're able to hold on from that point on, and they tacked on three more in the eighth just for some Extra insurance. It was a really ugly game. I know you normally point this out, but the team went one for 12 with runners in scoring position and left 11 on base. That's just a really weird performance considering the Potters scored nine runs, but 10 hits. They're able to work walks. They worked eight walks. Albert Alzale for the Cubs, their starting pitcher, he was just so bad. And the Potters, they honestly let him off the hook for the most part, but they're able to capitalize a little bit on the bullpen. So all in all, really weird game. What did you think? I mean, you could have said it all. Ten hits, eight walks, and, uh, I mean, on only nine runs. It's just uh, we could have easily had 14, 15 if we were able to hit. Um, but, I mean, we've been talking about this our last few episodes. We need to hit with guys in scoring position. Uh, and we just, even in this game, scoring nine runs was very weird. It was nice seeing uh, Brian O'Grady get the home run, Machado get the home run. Uh, get those insurance runs in the eighth inning because, obviously, in a two-run ball game going into bottom eight, still a game always. Machado homered, Hosmer singled, uh, and O'Grady had an RBI double. So those are the three runs in the eight that brought some not much-needed insurance run because uh, we still uh, held them to four runs um, or shut them out in the ninth inning, I mean. But 
It's good to see the offense wake up at the end of the game. And just in general, I mean, nine runs, I'll gladly take it, of course. Uh, even if we are not able to even hit well to, to bring the guys in. But O'Grady had a great game, three RBIs, two for three. Oh, sorry, two for four. Machado, two for three with three RBIs. He had a great game. Hosmer had two RBIs. Uh, Tatis really struggled, 0 for 5 with three Ks. Uh, kind of had a tough series. But, I mean, Weathers, I mean, besides that fourth inning, he looked fine. Uh, the rest of the bullpen looked solid. Pagan looked great. Melanson looked great. And Miguel Diaz looked great. Uh, he's been hit or miss a lot of his uh, last few appearances. Uh, Pierce Johnson allowed two hits in a run. But overall, like you said, just a weird game. I'll always take a dub. Yeah, I, I walked out of Petco Park thinking, hey, maybe the Padres turn around their offensive performance. It, it was a maybe because they didn't really turn it around, but they, uh, I, it, it was just hard to watch because they weren't putting together like great at bats and they're hitting the ball hard, but you, you knew like the, the, the smart fan of that game was like, okay, we, we put up nine runs and we won this game by five, but we didn't look good at the plate at all. And really they just took what the Cubs gave them. And fortunately were able to get across nine runs because it really shouldn't have been nine runs is the one, one for 12 Bobby. I mean, that's really bad. And they were lucky that they even got nine runs in this game. And I don't think they had a hit with the runner in scoring position until the eighth inning when Eric Cosmer, who has been horrible lately, finally drove in a run. It, the offense has just been hard to watch, and I think we'll talk about that a little bit more at the next two games. So let's move on. Let's talk about game two here. Padres dropped this game 7-1. to one. Denelson Lamette looked really good through his first five innings. He only allowed one hit, and that was a home run by Wilson Contreras. He came out for the sixth inning as the eighth spot ended the inning for the Padres. So the Padres tried to get a couple more outs out of Denelson Lamette. They unfortunately did not get any more outs as the first three batters Lamette faced in the sixth inning. They all got hits off him. And by the time the inning ended, it was 5 nothing Cubs. Then Anthony Rizzo tagged on another home run in the seventh. And it was just an ugly game. Uh, the Padres, fortunately, they were able to tack on a run in the ninth inning when Hassan Kim came off the bench. And he got the only extra base hit of the day for the Padres, and it was the third hit of the day for the Padres. The only two other Padres to get a hit in this game were Jake Cronenworth and Fernando Tatis Jr. Really bad game, 7-1. to one. Zach Davies, he looked like 2020 Zach Davies for the San Diego Padres, but unfortunately for the Padres, he was wearing a Cubs uniform. And like I mentioned, Lamette looked really good in the start, but he lost his gas coming out for the sixth inning, and that is not something the Padres want to keep seeing. It seem to be the theme of these last two games. You're struggling in the sixth, seventh inning for our starting pitchers. But, I mean, yeah, we always see Padres killers, uh, usually at the plate. Uh, but this time we saw Zach Davies on the mound uh, killing us. But six innings, one run, four Ks. I mean, he's never been a, a blow-you-away guy. But he pitches strikes and, uh, I mean, gets the job done. And he had a great start. Only, only got one hit off of him. And then just the rest of the game couldn't get anything going uh, until the really the bottom of the ninth. But three hits in this game, you'll never win a game of three hits, especially uh, one for fourth bonus and scoring musician. I mean, better overall, batted average in the last game, but we should never have a game where we only have four bats with a guy in, with runners in scoring position. That's really disappointing. Nine did draw five walks, so didn't get some walks in this game. Fam drew two, which is good to see, but just 
not many hits in this game at all. Uh, like you said, Lamette, I mean, really just struggled at, at, just later in his appearance and a lot of those runs uh, were on him, but Miguel Diaz did allow. But Diaz, Chris Matt really struggled. Uh, Austin Adams got through the top of the ninth in 10 pitches, uh, to, did what Austin Adams always does. But, I mean, just the pitching was tough to watch. And just, I mean, the hit, this, this lineup has really been struggling. And this game was very, very hard to watch as a fan. It has been really hard to watch, and it's it's getting frustrating. But like I said, the Potters are taking teams over 500, and it, it was a rough 20-game exactly. stretch. The Potters were not having this problem before the stretch in dirt. I really think that this has been uh, this this stretch in dirt. I, I hope I'm right on that point because it's not one of those things where earlier in the year where I was talking about, man, Tommy Pham's awful. I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope I'm right about this, and that it's just been – this really bad stretch because we'll talk about it in a little bit. Some of the, some of the Potters hitters have been horrible lately and, and the offense just hasn't been able to go with those guys being bad. So final game, which was today's game as Bobby and I are recording this Wednesday afternoon, right after the game, Potters dropped this one three to one. We're only able to strike across four hits. Really, really frustrating game from the Potters. They jumped out to a lead in the third inning when Manny Machado Single at home, Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham got on base with a broken bat single and stole second base and scored on the Manny Machado single. That's how we've seen a lot of the Potters offense get going this year. Guys getting singles, then stealing and moving up, and then another player drives them in. Not a lot of home runs from this team, which is fine, but got to be able to do that a lot in something the Potters weren't able to do. Unfortunately, the Padres only had this lead for a couple of pitches as Jock Peterson hit a home run in the next half inning as he continues his tear of the San Diego Padres that has endured for his entire career. In the seventh inning, you Darvish, he came back out for it after looking phenomenal through six innings. He walked the leadoff guy. Then Patrick Wisdom, who has killed the Padres this year, he hit a bloop single to right field that moved half up to third. And then Anthony Rizzo grounded into a double play that brought home the run. The Padres weren't able to score after that. And the Cubs added on an insurance run with a home run in the eighth inning off Emilio Pagan. Another really frustrating game. Fernando Tatis crushed the ball twice. He also struck out twice. Eric Cosner struck out twice. 11 strikeouts. And it was just an extremely frustrating game from the San Diego Padres. They couldn't do anything. And once you fall behind against the Cubs, their bullpen is really, really good. Ryan Tapera and Craig Kimbrell, they shut the door. And one thing that you mentioned, I mean, just the thing that I love about this team is just how, how aggressive we are on the base pass. And that's how that's how a lot of teams win games. Obviously, we did not win today. But just getting a single, stealing that extra base, and then singling him in. I mean, just about points, either small ball, but moving the guy over, or just stealing a base and getting and driving them in. That was the Padres' one hit with a runner in scoring position. Our two at bats today. It was rough. Left four guys on base. Only three hits, of course, is very bad. Fam struck out three times. To te- as you said, to teach twice. Hosmer twice. Struck out 11 times today. And Darvish looked great. I mean, did end up walking the leadoff guy in the sixth and seventh. Uh, didn't hurt him until the seventh. But, I mean, that that really hurts. Um, that one that he, that he allowed. Pagan allowing a home run. Tim Hill looked great in his, uh, in his ninth inning. Just another tough game. Pitching was was better. But... I mean, just the lineup. I mean, like you said, we are 10 games over 500, not going to complain, but it's just been really tough to watch these Padres hit in the past two weeks. 
Fam's down to 223 with the 331 slugging. Manny's down to 235. That's not going to cut it. We need uh, Machado just to start performing better. Uh, obviously, I mean, it's not a big take right there, but need Machado to, to just hit like he did last year. Um, Machado's fine. Machado's I mean, fine. yeah, I'm not like, I'm not worried about Machado, but he needs to start hitting better. Obviously, I'm not going to complain about him because I love Machado, but hitting 235 um just won't cut it for now um i mean he's like like you said tatis hitting the ball hard i mean that that line drive he had in the ninth inning that was beautiful there's nothing you can do about that the defense was set perfectly but just overall just another tough game to watch and only four hits a piece between the two teams we we pitched great we just couldn't get any runs across the board and it was just another uh disappointing game you darvish getting the loss after seven innings of two-run ball is really a shame, and I you, you can't keep having that happen. It's the Jacob Degrom treatment, but he's obviously uh, speaking of Jacob Degrom. We'll talk about him in a little bit because the Padres will face him on Friday. Certainly frustrating, but that's part of playing in the really tough National League. So that is our wrap up for the series. Let's now get into our Devil and Wildcat of the Week. Bobby will have our Devil of the Week. I'll have our wildcat of the week. So, Bobby, the floor is yours. Who is your devil of the week? There's not a ton of great options to choose. From. Yeah. Well, so for me, I was uh, actually deciding between between two pitchers, uh, Snell and Darvish. Snell only had that one uh, that one appearance, but he looked great. Darvish, I mean, in his two starts, got the win in one, got the loss in this disappointing loss today. But he looked he looked fine in the series. Uh, in the first game against the Mets on June third last week, uh, he went five and a third, two allowed uh, two runs. Uh, and got the win today, which we already went over, of course. Seven innings, two runs, eight Ks, and ended up getting the loss. And that's not his fault at all, obviously. The Padres could not hit. Uh, but he's been looking great, uh, just walking a few guys. But his stuff's looking good, and he's getting th- deep into games. Uh, I mean, just into the sixth inning in that one against the Mets. But into the seventh today, obviously he did um, not completely fall apart, but – he did end up uh, just walking the leadoff guy, which ended up being the go-ahead run, uh, which always hurts. He did get the double play that saved us in the inning, um, but it's just unfortunate, just a soft hit ground ball that you can't make a play at home on. But, yeah, Udarsh has been looking great. Not many guys in the lineup um, I uh, could pick from, uh, but Udarsh is my devil of the week for his two, for his two not super, for his two uh, above-average starts. Yeah, I mean, that's a good choice. There's there's not a lot of good options, like I mentioned. When the Padres lose three out of the seven games this week and their wins were pretty ugly wins at that too, it, it certainly makes that hard. Mine, I had a lot of choices for the Wildcat of the Week because there's a lot of hitters who struggled this past week. And I was really choosing between Eric Hosmer, Will Myers, and Jerickson Profar. And... I don't really know who to choose, so I'm just going to talk about them. I mean, these guys have all been horrible lately, and it's been really tough to watch. Will Myers' OPS, which was once near 900, is now creeping down towards 700. Eric Hosmer, whose OPS, which for such a long time was well over 800, up near 900, and he was always the clutch hitter on the team. It's now below 700. He's just been awful, and... It's been painful to watch. And these guys are hitting in the middle of the order behind Fernando Tatis Jr. But when Fernando's hitting the ball well and these guys behind him are, they're just not going to pitch to Fernando. And they're going to, you know, 
pitch around the corners and say, hey, we're not going to let you beat us because if we walk you, we're not scared of the guys behind you. And that is part of the reason why batting Fernando Tatis Jr. fourth in this lineup that is currently struggling right now is such a bad idea. It makes no sense. Kingler said coming into the series, he was going to mix up the lineup. He really didn't, to be completely honest. He didn't at all. The only difference was that Brian O'Grady was in the lineup, and he was very good this past series. I mean, he went two for four in the series opener when the Padres won, and then he got one of the four Padres hits on Wednesday. But uh, this watching this Padres lineup is painful right now. Part of the reason is because of the lineup that's out there. And like I previously stated, I think a lot of this is because of the stretch of the Padres are currently on. They haven't gotten their feet underneath them. And it's going to get rough for a little bit. Hopefully when the Padres go to Colorado, they can heat themselves up. They come back home for a week to face the Reds, who have a pretty awful pitching staff. That can get better. But for now, my Wildcats are really Will Myers, Eric Hosmer, and Jerickson Profar. And Profar hitting leadoff in some games, in some games before Fernando Tatis Jr., thank God he's not anymore. That was a joke, and that was awful lineup management by Tingler. And like I said, I think I think the world of Tingler. I think he's a fantastic manager. The Padres, they had the second best record in the National League last year. They're 10 games above 500 right now, and we're getting pretty close to halfway through the season at this point. Padres played 64 games. 82, 81's halfway. We're getting close. I, I don't hate Tingler. He's just not putting out good lineups right now, and it's frustrating because I think that's also not helping out the fact that the Padres aren't hitting the ball well, and that's his job to give the Potters the best opportunity to succeed, and they are not succeeding right now. Yeah, all great picks, of course. Hosmer, I mean, one thing I like about Hosmer this year is that he's been hitting better against lefties, which is where he struggled a lot in the past, and he's been doing great against lefties this year. He's hitting, coming into today, I believe it was 333. Um, Myers, I mean, he's just really been struggling. The thing is, you can't really put him anywhere else in the order. He shouldn't be at the bottom, and you can't put him higher in the order, especially if he's struggling. So that's a tough spot for him, and he's going to be an everyday player anyway. Uh, we don't have many guys who will replace him in the lineup, uh, but Profar, hitting, he should never hit leadoff, never. Tommy Pham, who's been hitting better the past few weeks and getting on base, drawing a lot of walks. I'm totally fine with him in the leadoff spot until Grisham comes back, which I believe should 100%. be soon. I think he is Grisham is, was he, is he practicing with, with triple A right now? No, he was on the field today uh, running the bases during batting practice. And he's going to go on a rehab assignment, I'd assume, this weekend. Perfect. Well, I missed that. Um, but yeah, once Grisham, Grisham comes back, the Padres lineup will have a day off. They'll be rested. And I mean, going into this Mets series, it'll be tough. We'll get to that in a sec. But after that, I mean, there's a bunch of series uh, that are that sandwiched the a Dodgers series with a bunch of teams that are winnable. I mean, Rockies, Reds, Dodgers, of course, D-backs, Reds. I mean, those are a bunch of games that we can win after this Mets series, which could be tough against the same pitchers we're facing again. Uh, really killed us last series. A lot of winnable games that the, where the Padres lineup hopefully should wake up. Once Gershon comes back, that'll change everything in this lineup. He'll hit in the leadoff spot. He'll get on base. He'll field. Because we saw Profar, we saw Fam really struggle in the outfield a little bit this year. Just, mis, just misplaying balls, misplaying line drives that bounce by them, not taking a curve on it, just going straight at it. Profar one of those in center. And that was tough to watch. But when Gershon comes back, we'll have our gold glover. We'll have our leadoff hitter. And a lot should be changed in this lineup by then. Hopefully, Tatis will be second or third. 
cost more back at cleanup. But yeah, once Grisham comes back, I mean, that'll be a huge for this lineup. And I think that'll change a lot. Yeah. I mean, Grisham coming back changes everything. And like I said, the stretch and the circumstances surrounding the Padres are horrible. Like that, that's just what it is. And over the 20 game stretch, how many games has Trent Grisham played? He played the first half of the first game against the Seattle Mariners. He's been out ever since then. So the Potters, they're getting back to it. I have a ton of faith in this team. I'm not panicking. It just sucks right now. I mean, I don't think there's any way around it. And I, I'm frankly, I'm going to enjoy the fact that the Potters aren't playing Thursday and that I won't have to uh, watch that and base my mood for the rest of the day on their performance because that's my life. But that is the way it is. And for this upcoming series against the New York Mets, let's talk about it. If you want to listen to our Mets Insider or get some more Mets insight, uh, you can go back, listen to two episodes ago when we previewed the previous series with the New York Mets. Uh, we talked about it with Michael Garafa, Mets fan and sports journalism student at the Walter Cronkite School. So you can go ahead and listen to that if you want more Mets-centered uh, insight. This upcoming series is just confirmed by Jason Tingler in his post-game press conference that the Potters will go Snell, Musgrove, and Paddock this upcoming series against the Mets. All three of those pitchers pitched against them last time, and all three of them were pretty good. Musgrove, he, he teetered off towards the end. Snell, seven scoreless, and by far his best start of the year. And then Chris Paddock had a quality start, six innings, and three earned runs. So are we expecting more of the same, or maybe you know these guys facing them for the second time this week, it could be a little different? I mean, I I want to expect more of the same uh, and hopefully the opposite for us against the Mets. Uh, it's tough. It could go either way. Um, but I mean, Snell was was phenomenal. Uh, he almost he had that no hitter into the seventh inning. Of course, that was a two zero shutout. Super fun game to watch. Seven innings, 10 Ks, one hit, one walk. He was absolutely shut out that game. And that was awesome game to watch by him. Musgrove and Paddock. I mean, they both allowed three runs and five innings and six innings uh, respectively for the two. But um, I mean, just none of them look bad. I mean, of course, like it, you look at the game by game for these guys for the, and they all look fine. And we still end up splitting the series because we couldn't hit because we were against, I mean, in this case, Luke Casey, DeGrom, Walker and Stroman, who all look very good. So that'll be, That'll be huge for this Padres lineup against them this series. Uh, for them, they have, I believe it is DeGrom, Strom, and Lucchese, who we all faced last series, all shut us down totally. It should be another great series. Really should be a good series. And the Mets, they're still in first place over in the NL East. And I think that they still hold the uh, the biggest gap of any first-place team in all baseball, which is more of a, uh, a statement on their division because the Mets, they, they've been good, but no one else in their division is over 500. So, yeah, you already mentioned it. DeGrom on Friday. They're going to go Stroman on Saturday and Lucchese on Sunday. At least that's according to ESPN. I know that DeGrom's going on Friday. I thought Lucchese was going on Saturday, but I think that they want their guys going on regular rest, except for Joey Lucchese, who they uh, they keep babying in. Us Padres fans would know why, but... He's the only pitcher on this list that the Padres beat, and even then they only scored one run on him last time. They only won because of a fantastic start from Blake Snell. So that should be interesting. I'm really going to be curious to see how the Padres react because we saw it with Alzale. The Padres saw him for the second time 
and they did a lot better against them. I wonder if the Potters can do that again. Now, I think more of that is because Alzalea was just a bad pitcher on Monday night, but who knows? I, I could be wrong. Maybe it's just because the Potters were able to pick up on his slider and pick up on his two-seam fastball a little bit better because they had seen him previously in the past week, but I don't think it's really going to matter against Jacob DeGrom just because it's Jacob DeGrom. You basically know fastball or slider, and it's going to come in hard, and it's going to have some late life to it. But really interesting to see how they do against Marcus Stroman or Joey Lucchese, two guys who did a very good job against them. Uh, and I'll be curious to see how Musgrove and Paddock can rebound. Because like I said, Paddock had a good start. Can you make it better? Or are the Mets going to also adjust? And are they going to make it worse for him? And is Musgrove going to find a way to adapt? Because I thought Musgrove did a really good job. And then he ran into trouble late, which he's still showing that when he gets a little bit deeper into games, he's losing some life on his off-speed pitches and some command to it, which is fine because he's been really good. But that is something to note. Anything else you want to talk about with the Mets? Because, I mean, Potters fans have recently seen them. So I don't think we have to go too deep into it. But James McCann keeps hitting and he's getting better. And none of their guys who were on the injured list are coming back, as Michael mentioned. I mean, obviously, um, can't just not look at this, but Francisco Lindor, we did mention in the last in the that episode uh, with the, with the Mets preview that he that he's been struggling this year. But I mean, should be should be another fun series. That's Jason Lindor. That's always fun to watch. Some of the best shortstops in the league. Um, I'll be even with Lindor's struggles uh, this year so far. But he's a great shortstop. Fun to watch. Maybe uh, maybe about two million dollars overpaid. Should be a great series. I mean, I just want to talk about Musgrove for a sec before we wrap it up. His, his start against the Mets, where he went five innings, 10 Ks, three runs, that was his worst appearance in over a month because he went through those three straight appearances, seven innings, five innings, four and two thirds, no runs. He was looking great. Only three hits total in those three appearances. And that was his worst appearance against the, uh, the Mets, the one he just had. And not a bad appearance at all. I mean, that's a quality start. So let's just see if he can pick it up or not. Sorry, not pick it up. See if he can keep it up uh, and get a quality Musgrove back. That would be huge for the Padres because he's still been good, but his last, some of his last couple of starts have, uh, have been kind of odd. So you want to see him get a little bit better. And especially against a weaker Mets lineup, obviously the top of their lineup's good, but the bottom of that lineup is not very good. And those are kind of the guys that got to him because I believe it was Tomas knows Jose Peraza hit a home run off him. And if you're, Joe Musgrove, you don't want Jose Peraza beating you. And then Francisco Lindor hit a home run off him, and obviously Lindor's really good. So you you can live with that, but you want to make sure you get those guys down at the bottom of the order so that way you can maximize your uh, your good pitches against the top of the lineup. And yeah, their bullpen, it's been good. Starting rotation's been good. Their lineup, it's struggling. I know they lost to the Orioles on Tuesday, and let's see if they're... They're currently beating them in the third inning on Wednesday. You know, they obviously. should be. It's the Orioles. The Orioles have been playing really well offensively, though. So, I don't know. We'll see. I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? Uh, I mean, just Padres are sitting, tied for second, currently kind of sitting in third behind the Dodgers, according to the ESPN standings. But Mets are, as of before the game's over, the Mets game's over, they're five games over 500. I mean, they've been great at home. 15 five at home uh, as of five o'clock on Wednesday afternoon, uh, 14 and 19 on the road. So 
they've been a much better team at City Field. Uh, so driving across the country, it's always tough playing there. Uh, so we're in for another great Padres Mets series. Yep. I, I got nothing else. Hopefully the Padres can take this three-game series. Uh, it's been a minute since the Padres won a series. You got to date back to the Houston series in which they honestly got very lucky. They were losing in the eighth and the ninth inning in the two games that they they won. So uh, it's been it's been two weeks since the Padres won a series. So hopefully they can break out of that and then go to Colorado and win another series there. With that, it's going to wrap up this episode of Devils Talking Padres. We thank you for tuning in. Bobby and I, we kept it quick. Like I mentioned, if you want direct Mets insight, go back two episodes ago to the episode that I did with uh, Michael Groff. Obviously, Bobby was there with me as well, but uh, I had a very long conversation with Michael about the Mets. So if you really want direct insight about the Mets, go listen to that part. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Bobby and I on Twitter. You can find me at DMSTAR19. You can find Bobby at BobbyMurphy2000. And of course, make sure to check out our content at EastVillageTimes.com. We keep writing stuff about the Padres. Loyal content, uh, the San Diego Loyal uh, is heating up. I saw San Diego got selected into a higher league the other day. So that'll be certainly cool for uh, the soccer fans in San Diego. So if you care at all about that, make sure to check that stuff out at eastvillagetimes.com. And with that, we thank you for tuning in. Go Padres.